Oh, greetings there, traveler. Looks like I managed to just avoid that storm coming on in. Why don't you go take yourself a seat and warm up? The gnome's back there, ready to tell a story. The gnome? For, uh, I am the famous bard, Wing of a Gimbal. How dare he, the gnome? Ah, traveler, welcome. I see you too managed to avoid such a fearsome storm. For this storm always approaches whenever I tell this tale. And I've only told this tale... W wait, I have not told this tale before, but still, that statement is accurate. How will our brave adventurers fare after facing such an invisible foe? How will they track such a beast, as they become the hunted themselves? Will they seek out the goblins? Will they travel into this hideout of this creature by themselves? Will they just... Organize a mob. We shall see. Let me regale to you the tale of the hunt part two Hey, my name is Robert and I'm playing MZ the Gith Yankee Ranger and he is first level Hi, my name is Humberto. I'm playing uh, Borodon the Dwarf Cleric level one I, uh, my name is Brent. I am playing Kalsar, the level 1 Paladin Tiefling. I'm Evan. I'm playing Ronnie, the half-elf bard, for subtle. Where we last left off. Ronnie and Borodon, you are in the bar. Steve just came up to you guys and he told you that this was the invisible monster. You are now just all standing together and he's leaning on a pitchfork and a few are looking down at the barkeep and they just shake their head. He didn't make it. His throat was clearly ripped out. There was no way he was going to make it. But they look surprised. So what do you guys do now that you're all just standing here? All this stuff went down. How late is it? It is fairly late into the evening. It's a little past 8 o'clock. Do we have time to maybe see where the monster went? Like, does he... Maybe we can examine the... Maybe examine the ground, see if he left any tracks. I can make a survival. If you guys want me to do that. Like, if... I don't know if it's late. Well, it's probably a good idea to see which direction he went off in. Okay. Maybe we can just follow it later. So I got a 17 on the dice, plus 5 is 22. Looking around the inn, you find the spot where you slash the creature. His blood is mixed in with the ale that's been poured onto the floor. You find this small little trail, little splots here and there. It takes you past the main well in the middle of the town. It takes you past the blacksmith. And then it loops around the town just a little bit, not too far away from the borders. And you see it runs back into the woods. Okay. Hmm. I would say it's gone for now, then. This creature, whatever it was, you've never seen a structure like that before. The giant clawed hands, the giant clawed feet, and the fact that it was invisible this entire time. And whenever it moved, you noticed that it moved very quickly and very nimbly. Okay. Is there any checks I can do to, like, maybe see if uh, my knowledge... But my training could identify the monster. What are the knowledges that you have on your character sheet? Insight. I'll let you roll an insight, but just to let you know, the check is going to be pretty difficult. 11. Nothing's coming to mind with this kind of creature. You know there are smaller subterranean creatures that can 
have large hands and feet for digging, but this is above ground, and you're pretty sure they wouldn't be invisible. Can I try as well? I also have, like, a pretty high insight. Yeah, you know what? Do an insight, sure. I got 20. So thinking about this, and you were thinking, there's someone who told us something about these creatures, about monsters, about things... And then the two thoughts finally connect, and you think about when Garlux was sitting you down at the table that one morning and telling you that when you die a third time, you come back as a very powerful monster. So it's probably unique to whatever this person was before they died. And Aodin also told you that something related to you guys had come back after it died too many times. So whatever it is, it's probably unique to this chosen person who died okay so i just tell that the group probably a, an adventure that died three times and it's probably his trait to be invisible and he probably became a monster opinions everyone what should we do i think we should go to the tavern maybe help clean it up a little bit and get some rest and track it down in the morning yeah i agree i thought we were in the tavern we are in the tavern, but... You're just standing outside of it, because MZ came back. Oh, okay. Because you you need gear still, don't you? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's a good idea. It'd be a suicide mission otherwise. Yeah, I ran a, a, an errand for the blacksmith to get a free armor. And, uh, and I also give the gold to my... Like, actually, what I'll do is... I show the group my 25 pieces of gold... And I say that Garlax, he gave me this money so we could spend it in whatever, like in weapons and potions and stuff to assist us. Maybe you should get some gear with it. We're only as strong as our weakest link. You're right. But again, I'll get the armor for free. What, what I'm saying is if you guys want something as well, got this money with me. Didn't Ronnie get some uh, silver too when he was uh, jamming out? Yeah, I got some silver... And then I also got some for selling that smoke to that guy. Yeah, that smoke is ruined, by the way. There's blood all over it. I gotta buy a pipe. You guys are standing there at the inn, and you're discussing, and Borodon is showing you the gold, and you see just running back into town is this glowing light that is surrounding Aodin, and he's running alongside Garlix. And the two of them make it back, and Aodin is dying. He's bent over, hands on knees, trying to catch his breath. And Garlix looks between all of you. What happened? What? We heard a bunch of screaming and we were setting up perimeter. What happened? There was a monster. It came in and attacked the village. How many? Just one. And how many people died? I don't, I don't know. Two. Too many. Okay. Well, let's get some rest. And I guess me and Aiden will pull an all-nighter if you guys want to get up early in the morning and go after this thing. Yeah, sounds good. But before going to bed, what I'll do is I'll go to the blacksmith and uh, get my armor. Morning, can I join you? Sure. So, yeah, b before just, like, leaving, I'll tell I tell the group that. So I'm going to the, the blacksmith to get my armor. So, I don't know, maybe he'll die between today and tomorrow during the night, so I'd rather get my armor right now. So, leaving. Okay. So you go over and you rush over to the blacksmith, hoping that the monster didn't go and attack him. You don't see any blood or anything on the forge, though it is unoccupied. And you do see a door leading into the building this forge is connected to. 
Okay, so what I'll do is I'll knock on the door. Okay, so you start banging on the door and you hear a few locks being undone. And then the door peeks open just a little bit and you see the weathered face of the blacksmith and he's holding what looks to be a warhammer. Oh, it's you. Come in. And he opens up the door. So you guys enter into his area. It is a mess as far as anything's concerned. You see a few liquor bottles here and there. You see a lot of unfinished armor and weapons, things hanging from the wall. A beautiful set of armor sat in the corner that looks like it's been polished each and every day. And he sits down at a table. Well, did you uh, help those injured? Yes, I did. And he goes and he nods to over onto this work table, and you see there's a set of scale mail set out and polished, and it looks like it's been refit a little bit to size a dwarf. Uh, is this mine? So is this my armor? That's yours. Okay. So I just get my armor. So I'll just uh, try this armor first. Do you mind? Of course. Okay, so I just put it on. I guess in the meantime, I'm, I'm going to talk to the shopkeeper. Yeah, he's just sitting there having a drink, and he has the warhammer sat on the table. And he keeps eyeing towards the door. Blacksmith, are you alright? I've been better. I heard all those screams, and then something came by and knocked a few things over in my forge when I was just closing up. I figured it was that creature, so I ran in here and locked the door. That was a smart move. Did anyone die? Two people. Oh. Yeah. If it's not the goblins, it's this infernal creature. We will deal with the creature. We'll make sure that he never harms another soul in this village. See that you wipe out those goblins, too. The amount of injured that have been brought back here is just unbearable. We'll put an end to it. Hopefully. Do you have any plate armor for sale? He looks at you while he's drinking, and you just asked him what he has for sale. Um... The shop's closed. It's like 9 o'clock at night, and a monster just came in and murdered people. I gave him armor because he healed a bunch of people. Who are you? Are you in his company? Are you adventuring with him? Yes. Yes, I am. We intend to hunt the monster tomorrow, and I want to be prepared before we fight. Uh, yeah, I would like the same. Uh, so how much for this Warhammer of yours? I'm proficient with Warhammers, so it would be awesome. Well, I think it's like the same thing that you have. It's just like a one-handed hammer. Oh, so it's not fancy or anything. It's just like a regular war hammer. Yeah, he just grabbed it off the wall. Oh, okay. Well, what kind of thing do you people need? Is there something in particular? Do you have any plate armor? It'll fit me. I do have plate armor, but he looks over at it and looks back at you. I'm a little attached to it. Roll a persuasion if you want to try to get it from him. It seems to be some sentimental value to him. Ooh, nat 20. Please, Blacksmith. The success of our mission depends on us being as prepared as we can. We want the lives of these people to be protected. He looks a bit emotional as he gets up, and he goes to stand in front of the armor. He places a hand on the shoulder of it, his thumbs kind of rubbing on it a little bit, and then just breathes in deep. All right. Get your hide over here. I gotta fit it for that stupid tail of yours. Thank you, Blacksmith. You won't regret this. Like, worst case scenario, all you have to do is just grab, like, this armor from our dead corpses. Well, you keep calling me Blacksmith. The name's Bruce. <laughs> no one's ever asked my name. Thank you, Bruce. 
Is it is it like Batman or just Bruce? No, my name's Bruce Chorster. Okay, not Dwayne. Okay. No, I don't know any Waynes. Okay. All right. So, Kalsar, you will be here for about the next hour as he has to properly get everything measured, work on it, come back to you, work on it. Okay. So, Bordon, are you going to hang out with him in that meantime? Yeah, I just... So, I'll just ask Bruce if it's, like, a good quality hammer, or and if it's not, I would like to have a better one. So, I just show him. He looks it over. It's a little shoddy, but... It's not going to break on you anytime soon. You'll be fine. Okay, so I don't need another one. I don't got anything that's going to really one-up this. Okay. So we're going to go back to MZ and Ronnie. You guys are at the inn, and they just walked off to go to the blacksmith. What do you two do? I'm going to go hang out with Steve and uh, try and get him to join us. What are you going to say to Steve? I'm going to walk into his house. I'm going to stand in front of the door, barring it. I'm going to pull up my piano, my keyboard, and I'm not going to let him sleep until he comes with us. Oh my god, that should be a roll and annoying check. <laughs> so, you walk into Steve's house. It's very bare. There's not a whole lot in here. He used to have a farm, but times have been tough and he had to let it go. You pull out your piano, or more or less materialize it in front of him, and he's sitting on his bed going, Well, be. what are you, uh... What are you gonna do there? You just gonna play me a fancy tune? Steve, I was uh, thinking I could convince you to be my roadie. You know what a roadie is, Steve? Not a clue. Fuck's <laughs> <laughs> sakes. It's the man who carries my bags. Real important job, you know? Uh, and I could pay you a quarter of a silver a week to come and show us around the area, you know, and just carry all my stuff. You mean go around traveling with you? Exactly. <laughs> Roll a persuasion. As he's honestly thinking about this great endeavor. This man's got like an eight intelligence. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Best kind of roadie. Alright, so Ronnie, roll me a persuasion. It's natural 20. <laughs> natural 20. <laughs> you know what? That sounds like the best idea I've heard to date. I hate being a guard. And I failed as a farmer. I bet I could do real good as a Roby. So, what we gotta do? We leave him first thing in the morning? Uh, yeah, sounds good. Uh, you know, Rodies don't usually get the, uh, get the bed, so if you just, uh, go on the floor, I'm just gonna <laughs> sleep in here. Well, uh, I guess them's, them's the breaks. <laughs> How old is Steve? Steve is in his 40s. <laughs> Now, when do I get paid? Do I get paid now, or do I get paid later? I'll give you this first one up front. So you give him... Uh, you said a quarter of a silver, so you give him uh, two... You can't really give him 2.5 copper. You can give him three copper or two. I'll give him three copper, yeah. I got a raise! <laughs> <laughs> he pockets the copper, and he pulls out just another blanket, and takes some clothes to make a makeshift pillow and lays down on the wooden floor. Well, good night. Night, Steve. MZ, what are you doing? Uh, I'm just staying at the tavern. Maybe I help clean up a little bit and I just go get some rest because I'm, I'm exhausted. Okay, so you help move the body, but from a lot of distraught people. 
and they really appreciate that. And they just give you a room for free since the innkeeper is dead. So you get a fairly nice room and you just put your stuff down there and catch some sleep. Now back to Borodon and Kelsar. So he just finishes getting the armor ready. He says to you, come back in the morning. I'll have it ready for you. Anything you want, Borodon? No, let me just check. Uh, would you have like a mace? I do. And uh, how much for it? Why don't you give me 10 gold? The mace is yours. I, I think it's way too exp- expensive. Would you have a shield? He loots around his stuff, knocking things over. You can tell he's had a little bit to drink. Mmm, shield, eh? Ten gold for a shield. Everything's ten gold? So, how much for, uh, Kelsar's, uh, armor? Uh, it was a lot. Okay, so are you paying for it? Kelsar's gonna bring back that armor when he's done. If he does a good job and if he saves this town, he can consider that armor his. Okay, can can I do the same for my shoot? You can roll a persuasion check. Okay... This man's losing a lot of money on you people. He. Uh 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 uh. We are saving the town. He has to have that in mind. 14. He furrows his brow and looks down at you and slowly pushes the shield towards you and says, Now you can get out. Thank you. Good day. <laughs> I'm going to bed. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Thank you, Bruce. You're a good man. You have our words that we'll do the best to save this town. We won't fail. We may fail, but we'll do our best. That's for sure. We won't. He just nods and says, what's your, uh... Never mind. I'll talk to you later. Okay. He closes the door. Have a good night. Rest well. Alright, so do you guys go back to the inn, or what do you do? Yeah, we'll head back to the inn. Yeah, me too. So, Kelsar, you're in shiny new plate mail. This covers your entire body. You have a helmet. He made some adjustments so that your horns can peek out, and your tail is able to freely move out of the back. Sweet. So you guys walk back to the inn, and they set you up with a room no problem. They say MZ already went to his room to sleep, and Ronnie went over to Steve's house. Okay, so do you guys get some sleep? Yeah, let's rest up. You guys start sleeping. And everything comes pretty easy. Ronnie, the bed's a little lumpy, but your sleep's okay all in all. MZ, you pass out pretty hard because Borodon never sobered you up, so the alcohol puts you into a pretty deep slumber. And Borodon, you are just so damn tired from everyone's shit, and you pass out pretty quick. Uh, Before that, I'll just uh, do a, a little prayer. Of course. Kelsar, you are tossing and turning in your sleep. You can't seem to relax there's been so much going on your entire world has been flipped upside down you've finally come into a a real world where you can see living things as you start falling asleep finally things seem to change around you first your environment shifts and it's just a flat plane and then items and people start getting made out of this cyan blue light first it's just a basic humanoid shape And then you see hair starting to form and color starting to flow into it until you recognize that you're standing in front of Chenille, who only looks to be about 16. And you feel yourself gradually aging backwards to the point where you look down at the Earth's hands and they aren't the worn hands that are used to swing around a sword. They're softer hands. They're 
a man still growing up. When you look over at Chenille, she's walking up this artificial hill that's been created, and the sunlight's beaming down, it's coming just from behind her. And when you see her, your heart is filled with that young love. You're so happy to see her. You're happy that she's spending this time with you and you couldn't think of anything better to do. She grabs your hand and she leads you up the hill and sits down with you. Snail, what are you doing here? We never get enough time together, Kalsar. We always just end up training and everything. It's, it's nice that we got the afternoon off. How's your arm? You look down and your arm is actually placed in a sling. And you remember that you were training with one of the masters and they swung too hard and actually broke your arm. It's getting a bit better. Still getting used to to some of his techniques. He could be really rough. You gotta stop pushing yourself so hard. I know you're supposed to be this hero, but it doesn't mean they have to die in the process of training. I have to push myself. She leans in and lays her head on your good shoulder. Do you ever think that we're going to get out of here? Do you think that we're going to finally start doing some good? Yeah. Yeah, we will. As you guys are sitting there and enjoying the breeze, the sun, as artificial as it is, shining down on you warmly, you then see Master Typhon coming up the hill with a few of the other paladins with him. He makes it to the hill and he's looking down at you and Chenille. And Chenille quickly takes her hand and away from yours and quickly sits up. It seems to have happened again. Master Ty. Quickly, take both of them. Wait. They can't seem to stay away. Wait, what are you doing? No, s- stop it. Clear his mind of any connection to Chenille. No, no, no. And insert, insert a hatred of tieflings into her. No. And they haul you up, and they start pulling you away, and they're pulling away Chenille, and she's reaching for your hand. She's saying, Kelsar, Kelsar, no, don't forget, don't forget this time. Kelsar, please, no, 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 no. And she's getting pulled away, and everything goes out. And you wake up in this cold sweat, and you now remember that perfectly. That wasn't a dream. That was something that happened to you, but for some reason, you forgot. What the hell was that about? And in this room, while you're sitting up, normally it should be pitch black in here as it's the dead of night, but it's completely lit up to a cyan blue. What's going on? It can't be. Was it, was it really just a dream? What's going on? You start feeling a heavy exhaustion fall over you. And then sleep starts pulling you back in. <sighs> just a dream. Just a bad dream. So you all wake up in the morning, and the birds are chirping, you hear a rooster crow in the distance must be from the local farms and you can smell the smells of freshly baked bread and sausage and eggs being cooked and baked ronnie you wake up and steve's already up he's pulling out a backpack gotta pack all my stuff he takes one pair of pants one shirt puts it into his bag all done (laughs) some uh, fine stuff you got there steve (laughs) great great steve I lost all my other stuff in a bit. Let's go. <laughs> wait, wait, what? All right, let's go to the inn. All right, so you guys all wake up too, and the smell of food drags you down to the lower floor. Oh, it smells delicious. You sit down, and all you guys are led into the inn. You're sort of blinking awake, and there's a bunch of food being laid out. Oh man, food! I'm starving. Yeah, me too. 
Garlic and Aoden walk in. They got big bags under their eyes. They look exhausted and they just sort of sit down at the table by you guys. We watched all night. Nothing showed up. I'm just going to eat and go to bed. You guys be careful out there. I heard this thing doesn't travel around in the daytime, but... Just... Just watch out. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So that one of the ladies comes out who's been preparing all the food. My husband owned this place, and I know he would gladly give his life to make sure this town is saved, and I thank you for taking up that cause and trying to save all of us. Thank you, Brave Adventures. We will never forget the dead guys. I stand up. <clears throat> of course! We will, avenge, we will avenge your husband. We will make sure that his death was not in vain. So they clear your plates, and then they start cleaning up the rest of the tavern. You see the window's already being replaced. The blood's already been taken out of the floor. But people are still looking pretty somber. So I'll just ask, uh, so is uh, Steve coming with us? Yeah, I'm a Roby. You're a Roby? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Along with the girlblings and whatever. Okay. Yeah. So He's yeah. acknowledging the elephant in the room. <laughs> He's got a backpack on. He's got his pitchfork. Uh, okay. Okay. So, uh, have you ever trained with any sort of weapon? Because uh, pitchforks aren't actually reliable as a, like as a weapon. I've never swung a weapon in my life. And what's a roby, Ronnie? I just carry bags. Ronnie, what's a roby? <laughs> Ronnie. <laughs> he doesn't know. He points towards Ronnie. That's my boss. Ronnie, what did you do? Uh, yeah. Uh, he's gonna be carrying my bags, and if you pay him, you can carry yours too. Does he need a leash around here? Ronnie, the Ronnie, the forest is no place for a for a farmer. What do you mean? He knows the area. But he's woefully unprepared. He may be killed. Yeah. Well, he'll he's small. He can hide. Aren't you guys gonna protect me? I saw you got healing magics. E yes, we do. But it would be great if you had any sort of experience. Like, with fighting and stuff? We can't guarantee your safety either. I mean, since the monster's invisible... Yeah, we can't guarantee ours. So... Do you want me just to uh, hold on to your bag here? No, no, no. He's coming with us. You know, he's holding my bag. That makes me way more uh, flexible and versatile. Bagless. You all could be too. Like, the amount of bullshitness in this phrase is like... You know, but, okay. Uh, he can come with us, but you'll have to protect him and feed him. And, uh, and if he does a mess... I'm going to take him for a walk every day. Yeah, yeah, you know? exactly. Make sure he gets his shots. Yeah. Look, I'm brushing him right now. <laughs> you know, he's shedding like crazy, but... Fine, but you're responsible for him, Ronnie. You just see Steve nod his head seriously. <laughs> Good Steve. Okay, so maybe we should just like buy Steve an armor, and uh, I don't know, maybe give him a, like a, a short sword instead of like a pitchfork, which is. Wait, could he wear my old scale mail that I have? That's a good idea. Your old chainmail? Yes, chainmail. No. Why? No. He's not proficient. Oh, okay. So. I'll probably trip in that stuff. Well, he'll hide for now. We'll figure it out later. Ugh. 
This is my best shirt. <laughs> oh, this man's gonna die. Yeah. No, he won't. Hurt a hair on my Steve's head. <laughs> Steve, be sure you stay close to us. Will do. So what's the plan, guys? We heading out right now? We can go face some gerblins? <laughs> yeah, let's go get those gerblins. All right. Remember, they ain't all bad. I know I know. Old Bruce wants them all dead, but they ain't all bad. This guy's so dead. Okay, so uh, have you ever tried, like, a ladder armor? Like, the they are pretty, um, like, flexible. I never was able to afford a armor. Okay, so now you'll be. So what I'll do is I'll go back to the, like, the armor, armorsmith. Like, I'll go back to Bruce. Are you guys all just going to go together since you're going to be heading on soon? Yeah, I have to go with Steve. How about you, MZ? I'm just going to stay and eat. There's uh, fresh biscuits on the table, and I'm I'm loving them. Okay. So MZ's just slapping back all these puff pastries and letting you guys do what you got to do with Steve. So the three of you wander back to Bruce's door and start banging on it naturally. He opens up the door. Hey, Bruce. Oh, my. What are you doing? Yeah. Ronnie, care to explain to him what you're doing? Uh, Steve's an adventurer now, so we need him smarter. I'm a roadie. <laughs> Oh, God. Bruce closes the door. No, no, no. I mean, Bruce, we really need armor for him. Steve, don't go with these people. It's crazy. Steve just nods. Yeah, I mean, if he's coming with us, I'd rather have him with some piece of armor instead of, you know, like a shirt full of holes and uh, a pitchfork. These holes are fashionable. I heard some people in Sanctuary buy pants that already have tears in them. Yeah, that, Bruce, that, we're, we're kind of stuck with him. We, we tried to convince him of the dangers, but I, I mean, look at him. He comes back out with padded armor. It's very basic stuff. Basically what you would use in training. And he says, this is probably all Steve's going to be able to move around in until he gets used to the concept of armor. Otherwise, it's just going to get him killed. And what about a weapon? Th the most simple weapon that you have? He's rubbing his forehead. He's like, do you people have any gold to give me? I... We do, I we do. We're, yeah. we're, we're going to pay you for this. I'm sorry. Don't worry. We're, we're really sorry. You know, Steve... I'm not. We're paying customers. Uh, He's a blacksmith. Steve... I want to buy a crossbow. Oh, come on. Be nice. Or try. Okay, so... Can I use my persuasion on Borodon to stop being such an ass about everything? Bruce is going to help <laughs> us make the difference between life and death here. Well, if you want a crossbow, sparkly man, that'll be 25 gold. Uh, I want to use my persuasion to get that, that cost down a bit. Alright. <laughs> we are almost running Bruce out of business. <laughs> We're gonna bankrupt him. I got an eight. I got an eight. <laughs> so what do role play that out for me? What do you say with your lovely eight? Ah, come on. He just stares at you. Twenty five gold. If you want to give Steve, I don't know, uh, a spear, that's just one gold. Okay. Okay, sounds good. It does sound good. 
okay, how many bolts uh, does the crossbow comes with? The crossbow will come with 20 bolts. No, we're getting a spear. He's getting a spear. Steve, this is coming out of your pay. No, I'd rather have... Oh, wait. We only have 25 gold. I know. You're basically going to give, like, someone's stepdad who's never held a gun, a cr- like, a, a gun. Like, that's what you're saying. Like, let's give Steve a crossbow. Well, I mean, crossbows were made to to give to peasants. Oh, okay. That's... No, but, like, we have to put that on a balance. Because do we want Steve in the middle of us? No, we want to give him a spear, and then... He, uh, will, he would still be, you know, like, pretty close to the enemies, like, to the monsters. Well, I could just stay back and just use it for self-defense. I like that idea. I don't really want to fight monsters, to be honest. So, I am totally cool with staying in the back. You pretty much don't have a choice. Steve, I don't want you to be fighting monsters either. I, uh, I finish eating, and I guess I'll head over to, uh, the blacksmith. You see all of them arguing with each other. And you see a very tired irritated-looking blacksmith who's holding a spear, and he's, like, kind of holding it out with one hand open, like, expecting a gold piece. Hey, Lucas. Yeah? In all this confusion, can I use my sleight of hand to steal a crossbow? What? It's huge! Oh. So you mean, like, while everyone's everyone's talking and he's expecting the money from Borodon, you want to sneak past him and steal a crossbow? Yeah. Alright, here's what I need from you. I need a stealth check... Okay. And I will also need just a sleight of hand. Okay, that skills in both. What's your alignment again? Yeah, that's a good question. It's probably chaotic neutral at this point. Yeah. Uh, plus two. Uh, 16. You need one more? That's your uh, stealth and your... Oh no, the 8 was your persuasion. So 16 is your stealth? Yeah. Okay, and I need one more for your sleight of hand. 16. Alright. Did we notice him stealing the crossbow, or were we still arguing? You can make a perception check as well. 8. 9. Okay, so, MZ, you saw Ronnie slip <laughs> past this guy while, like, as he stepped out a couple steps outside of his house, and he's holding this spear and holding out his hand for money while everyone's arguing, and then Ronnie kind of just slips back. And then slips behind this guy, goes into his house, and comes back out. And he has, like, a crossbow hidden behind his back. But it's just well enough hidden so, like, his entire form covers it up. And he's just standing there with a crossbow behind his back. Unless you are going to do something else, Ronnie. And we don't see him take the crossbow. You don't see a thing. Uh, no, I'm just, uh, I'm getting the fuck out of there. So, Ronnie, uh, do you start going towards the woods where MZ said the creature went? Or where do you go? Yeah, I'm just going to wait kind of outside of town. And Borodon, after arguing for a little bit, do you buy Steve a spear or what do you choose to do? No, I do buy him a spear. Get him some padded armor too. Yeah, the padded armor. And how much for the padded armor? Five gold. Six gold in total. So Steve looks like somebody who's training to be a soldier. And he just gives his pitchfork over to... Bruce, who gladly accepts it. Alright, let's get going. Looks like my boss is already waiting all the way out there. Wait, why, what is he doing over there? I don't know, he's pretty quick. Pretty nimble. You know, he's got them <laughs> shoes that make him taller. you think he'd be a little slower, but whatever. Let's go. Let's go get Ronnie and... Alright, now that we're done 
the dead gang goes shopping. You guys go out to the edge of town. And MZ, you find the spot where you saw where the blood was leading out to where the creature ran into the woods. On top of the blood, are there also tracks? Like it's invisible, but is it... Yes, with the... Make me another survival check. You do see clear tracks of where his claws were digging into the soft soil. So the third natural 20 of the game. All right. So MZ, you glance down, barely even looking. You know exactly where this person went. I'm a professional. Yeah, you follow this. It's way easier than trying to follow, like, a say, a floating mind flare. And MZ is leading you through these woods. You guys start heading out. You head out from these farmer fields and get into these sparse woods that get thicker and thicker as you go along. As you're going along, you start finding signs of combat. There are claw marks in trees. There is blood splattered here and there. It looks like the rain's washed a little bit of it away, but it's very clear that fights were happening every so often. You see trees are knocked over, smaller ones, not very large. You see at some point, you think you find a small goblin's hand in the ground, and it's been very cut up and ripped apart. Okay. I'm just showing, pointing everything out and kind of explaining to everyone since I got a natural 20. Yeah, you're just Sherlock Holmes in this whole thing. Yeah, like the crocodile hunter. Do you think that the monster could be attacking the goblins as well? Could be. And MZ, as you're going along, you actually see a lot of goblin tracks that are somewhat leading in the same direction. At one point, they are going the same way, and then it branches off where a lot of the goblin tracks lead off to your right, and you see this monster's blood leads off to the left. Looks like the goblins have gone this way, and the monster has gone to the left. Could be that the goblins are fighting this creature as well. Maybe this creature is eating them, I don't know. Yeah. Makes sense. I mean, we we did see a hand. Yes. Like, back there, so maybe. Who knows, maybe he was just, chew, like, chewing the hand? So related, at least. So where are we going to go? After the goblins or after the blood? I think we should follow the beast. Let's follow it. Yeah. So you start making your way following the beast and it's taking you up this small hill and the woods start actually parting as you're going along. When you get there, as you approach, this cave appears. You never would have noticed it if it wasn't for this blood that's been leading you up here. But this cave entrance is actually covered by a lot of natural trees, most likely the result of very careful planning. And a cliff face naturally slopes down to cover it from any distant viewing. And while you're coming up here, MZ, you see there are a lot of old goblin tracks going in and out of this cave. Okay. But they all look to be, at most, maybe a week or so ago. And these monstrous tracks in the blood looks like it just came in here last night. Okay. Should we continue? Yeah, we're already here, right? Is there um, maybe a light source we can bring in before we go into the cave? I got dark vision. I can go in front and let you guys know what I see. Yes, but remember that the monster, if we run into the invisible monster in there, remember when we were... Well, what good's the torch going to do? We could throw the torch at him. Throw Steve at him. We're not throwing Steve at him. Just saying that last time when we fought him, remember that Etsy sprayed alcohol and we were able to see the monster. Okay. So he's 
We could see him from an outside light source. Same when have torches. Nope. We don't have any torches. I have dark vision as well, so I didn't take any. All of you have dark vision except Steve. Perfect. Wait, Ronnie, you're lighter. Oh, the smart guy. Uh, do we have any thing to light on fire? Steve's other shirt? Yeah, Steve, do you still have that shirt? Oh. I don't see you. He sadly hands you his other good shirt. A.K.A. his other shirt. I go back outside and I grab uh, a thicker branch. Just kind of snap it and bring it in so we could wrap the cloth around it. But I don't know how long it'll burn for. We don't have any oil or anything, right? We all have dark vision, though. Can't we maybe conserve it until we run into the monster? You know, I could just wait out here. I don't need to go in. That's a good idea. You're our responsibility now. I think it's better for him to stay with us, actually. Because what, what if the goblins, like, they show up? They'll probably just kill him, so... That's a good point. Alright, bring up the rear, Steve. Stay close. He should be in the middle instead. He won't protect us. No, he won't. He may die, and we could probably hear, like, his screams. But he probably won't protect our back. This situation could have easily been avoided if Ronnie wasn't lazy. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I had very solid reasoning. You're lazy! It's a good reason. Oh, let's just, let's keep going. As you guys start walking into this cave, you come inside and it's a very well-worn ground that's leading you into this area of winding tunnels. You see at the entrance, there's a few chairs and a single table where you suspect guards would probably be sitting in case something happened. Hmm. You see there's a few little things on the table there. Can I roll for insight? You can roll for investigation. 17. 17? Awesome. So you go over and you start looking at these chairs, and you notice that on the chairs there's blood. And there's actually blood splattering away from these chairs. So... It looks like something or someone was standing on this table and attacked the people sitting in the chairs. You also managed to find a light crossbow there, 10 silver pieces, and what looks to be uh, a med kit, a healer's kit. Borodon, you, would you have use for this? Uh, maybe we should just give it to Steve. It gives plus two on your medicine checks for 10 uses. I can, I can take it. And the crossbow, we can give it to Steve. As you guys are going in here, there's only enough natural light that's leading in. And you guys walk in a little further, and you see that there is a pathway leading off to the door on your right. And further down this tunnel, you see that it branches off into two different directions. Let's try the door. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so you go up to the door, and you find that it's locked. Uh, I have stealth that should... Do you have sleight of hand that could open up the lock? Yeah. While he's doing that, I will I'll move up and keep watch. Okay. Good idea. Hey, yeah, got it. I'll stay close to stay close to him. Okay. Ronnie, you go over there and you start working your magic on this door and pop pop pop. The door opens up, swinging open into this room. This small room is the definition of organized chaos. 
you see walls are roughly made and appear to have been constructed not too long ago and support beams are placed here and there as though it appears to be the work of amateurs as armor both rusted and polished just littered about just put into piles you see medium armor heavy armor you see uh, rusted out full plate you see some studded leather you also see an assortment of weapons are just tossed into piles here and there and off in the corner you see standing is one scimitar and it looks of incredible quality i want that scimitar so Borodon, you also see all of this the other two are keeping watch yeah and i'll try to find if there's something for me as well sure since we're looting it yeah ronnie you find that this scimitar is of masterwork quality since it's of masterwork quality it gives you plus one to hit and not to damage though but I won't be able to use it if I don't have any proficiency in it, right? So, That's right. So, do I see Ronnie just, like, grabbing the scimitar and putting it, like, into his backpack? It's too big for his backpack, but yeah, you see him picking it up and looking it over. So, we should check with the group if somebody is actually proficient with this weapon, because it does seem better than the regular weapons. See how it shines? And uh, it seems like the blade is not dull. So, maybe we should check with the group. Wow, you really know about this stuff. Well, <laughs> I'm a dwarf. Uh, yeah. Let's take a finder's <laughs> fee. <laughs> okay. So, MZ and Kalsar, as you guys are standing up there, keeping watch, you see off to the left, it seems to open up into a very large common room with a, a lot of things for seating. And on the right, it seems to lead further down. Okay. Well... We're not going to go on ahead without everyone. We're just making sure no one comes up yeah. on us. Is there blood on the floor? Can we see which way it's gone? You actually notice that the trail has stopped since you've come into this cave. Okay. Any footprints, though? MZ can tell that there are a ton of footprints. It is all goblin, though. Okay. And you notice, while well, you guys are looking around just fine... Steve pretty much has his hand on the wall the entire time, and he's just blindly looking around. He can't see anything. That's okay. Okay, so inside I try to find a, like a torch or something. Uh, roll me a investigation. <laughs> okay, go to three. Man, I didn't find anything in here. This place is so disorganized. It's ridiculous. Okay. So, Roni, uh, did you find a, a torch? Uh, let me take a look. Oh, uh, you look around, you actually find a couple. They look very old, so they might not last long. The oil looks like it's worn off. Ah, uh, here we go. So I called Steve. Hey, Steve! Yeah, I'll be right there! You guys hear him <laughs> shout into the cave. <laughs> and he starts feeling his way towards you guys. And MZ and Kalsar, your heart sinks. I, uh... I just pull my swords out. I make I make them come out. So your hand opens up and the blood sword springs right out. And just very alert right now, looking around. I have my hand in my on my hilt, ready to fight. Hey boss, what you got for me? I can't see anything though. Ronnie, hand him the torches. All right, I'm giving it, giving uh, all the torches, to Steve. Oh wow, thanks. Anyone got anything to light it with? guess I'll light it too. So you pull out your lighter, you light it up, it flares to life, 
Oh, wow, look at all this armor. Hey, Emzy! Hey, Kalsar! There's a bunch of armor and weapons back here. Wait, what? There's so much! <laughs> like, you could start up a Steve. shop. Steve, be quiet. What? Steve, please be quiet. We sense... Emzy. Emzy senses something. Emzy and Kalsar make a perception. I got 12. I got 17. So, MZ, you notice it. Kelsar, you're busy yelling to Steve, or, well, quietly talking to Steve, like telling him to shut up. Be and quiet, Steve. MZ, you look over and you see something on the ground starting to get up. Five somethings, to be specific. Five You see somethings. five goblin bodies start getting up and they are very clearly dead and they start lurching towards you going as Etsy. they reach towards and I need initiative check so but we don't know yet right no but you'll still be a part of initiative five my dwarven power is happening again Ronnie what'd you get three okay MZ 19 Kelsar three total all right, so we lead off with MZ. MZ, you see what gets up, and you are very well versed in fighting all sorts of creatures, and you know these to be zombies. Zombies. Okay. Um, that's Kelsar with me, right? I, I look at him, and I say, Zombies! And then I will charge. So MZ, as you rush forward, you start counting the amount of zombies that are starting to rise off the ground. You notice that there are five of them, two a little bit closer to you and three further in the back. Okay. And you pull at your sword and swing. Yep. Ooh, too bad oh, you nice. can't critical on a zombie. Oh my goodness, you are right. So roll that damage. Uh, seven. So you rush forward and this goblin starts reaching towards you and you slap his hand away with your free hand and then you slice off his head and the body topples to the ground. And the other goblin zombies slowly start lurching towards you and it goes to their go. You see this zombie lurches up here and goes to swing. Whereas these other ones, they're coming up to you but they're so slow in their walking it seems that it's taking them most of their time just to get there. And this one that came up to you, he clumsily swings his hand in this bashing motion. And what's your armor class? Uh, 16. So you take three points of damage as this little body just crashes into you and it smacks you into the other one. And you feel the bruise already starting to form on your side. And we go from these zombies to Steve. Oh, it sounds like uh, someone just shouted zombie. That's weird. I've never seen one. Let's go take a look. He has, like, zero survival instinct. Steve, what are you doing here? Hey, Kalsar. And you see Steve rush up. He's got a torch, and it's illuminating this whole area. Get, get. There's zombies there. What are you doing? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. God. And Steve's just looking a little offended, to be quite honest. That is a part of the team. And it goes from Steve's turn to Borodon. So, Borodon, you can hear them clashing, you can hear him telling Steve to get away, and you can somewhat hear distant moaning. Okay, so 
I'll just go see what's happening. I mean, I know because he shouted zombies. So I'll right. just go there. I just get close to Steve. Yeah, you brush past Steve and you can see all these zombies milling about MZ. Okay, so yeah, I'll start preparing magic. And then from Bordon, we go to Kelsar. Okay. I'm going to charge at the one to the right side of the goblin. Okay. So you're going to go assist MZ on the one that's on the right side of him? MZ, yeah. So roll to hit. Ah. Oh, snap. So Kelsar, you've rolled the second one of our game. So I need you to do a higher low. High, MZ's in danger. Low, you're in danger. Uh, low. Alrighty. So here's what happens. Kelsar, you draw your blade and you ready your shield and you charge forward to go assist your friend. You go back to swing and you mean to swing forward, but you're too close to the side of this cave wall. Your hand slams on the cave wall and it just reflexively opens up and your sword clatters behind the zombie with all the force that was driving behind it. The zombie is just slowly lurching towards you. And then it goes to Ronnie. Ronnie, as you, everyone's quickly rushing out of here, you hear from behind you, Dad? Dad, is that you? Oh, hey, what's going on? You hear from the back of the armory, Dad? Dad, is that you? Who's there? It's me. It's Amelia. My leg's stuck. I, I've been hiding in here. There's a monster in here. Where can I see you? You don't see her in here. You're looking around. I'm behind this pile of armor. I need help. My leg's stuck under it. The entire room is armor, Amelia. Be more specific. Oh my... <laughs> Why are you always this useless? Dad, I'm stuck back here. And she... You can hear where her voice is coming from. Okay, I'm gonna go and try and lift that armor out of the way. So you go behind the pile of armor. And you go to lift some of this armor up. And from what you see, it does look like your daughter. But when she looks up half of her face is mutated it looks twisted deformed some other creature these fangs are popping out of the lower jaw and piercing into the upper skin of the upper lip it's one hand ends in this massive claw whereas the other hand is the small woman's hand that you saw from that vision you see half of its form seems to be twisted into some sort of sickening creature with one eye blazing red, whereas the other half is the daughter that you recognize. And she just looks up at you, Dad? And this claw comes out, and you need to make a constitution saving throw. 13. So you get this claw, and it hits you right in the gut, and you lose your breath. You start just trying to gain some sort of breath as she's hit you in the solar plexus. The leg slips out from underneath the armor, and you see this figure rush to the door and slam it. And you're locked in this door. You're locked in this room with this creature. Now you have one action. What would you like to do? Uh, you know what? I'm going to touch this hideous laughter it, and maybe they will hear its... Laughter? If touch this hideous laughter will will stop it from taking a turn, right? Yeah, it forces it to just stop and just keep laughing. Buy me some time. So it needs to make a will save. Okay, so 14. 14? Okay, so this has to make a will save and get 14 or higher. So 
you go and you cast your spell. You feel the charming words leave your lips that should inspire laughter into this creature. And the creature just stares and cocks its head off to the side and looks at you. Oh no. And this smile appears on its face. Dad? Dad, is that you? Help, my leg's stuck under the armor. And that's your turn. So we're going back to MZ. Okay, um, the one that's in front of Kelsar. Uh, I'll go for that one instead of the one that's in front of me. Er, the one that's in front of me is dead, right? That's right. Uh, there's a new one in front of you now. Okay, well, anyways, I'll go for the one that's in front of Kelsar. Yeah, so you definitely hit. You just have, like, high rolls today. I'm getting lucky. I'm even Jeez. using this, this thing. I don't know. Nine. Nine? Jeez. So you just once more swing your blade, and while this thing is distracted by Kelsar throwing his sword past it, clever move, you cut this thing off immediately. And th- once more, body topples to the ground. You don't have to worry about it anymore. And then we go from MZ to Steve. So Steve's still standing there, and while Steve's standing beside you, Bordon, you hear the door suddenly slam back in that armor room. Steve's like, oh, no, I'll go check that out. Steve, no, no, stay with us. But the boss is back there. Oh, it doesn't matter. Like, seriously. He looks at you with just a look of <laughs> disgust. Just like parental <laughs> disgust. Like, for shame, Borodon. For shame. And he quickly rushes off Steve, to go, go save his him. employer. You guys, the door's locked. And he's trying to get it open. And then we go from Steve to the monsters that I accidentally skipped. One of these zombies starts lurching behind you, MZ, and you just see it in the corner of your eye as it faces towards Kalsar, and these other two come swinging at you. And you feel one of them connect with you as it slams into your body and you take another three points of damage and these things are just beating down on you some of them you're managing to just evade and now these other two that are left are just clobbering down and it goes from their hits to borodon borodon you saw a zombie come up to kelsar's side which is mz's back and you saw the other two are just surrounding mz and Kel- like uh kelsar he doesn't have any weapon right that's right he just threw his sword Okay, I'll just hit the zombie right in front of him. Alright, so roll a hit. 13. 13 is a hit. 8. 8. So you once more crush this creature in, and that's... You feel once more that surge of energy as you're smashing down on this creature, but it doesn't seem to do that extra damage this time. But you see the creature just crumples to the ground as you cave its head in. And from Bordon, we go to Kelsar. Kelsar, you are no longer surrounded by zombies. Your sword is just a little bit away from you. And MZ has two on him. Okay. Can I just pick up my sword and attack the one that's near him? Sure. Okay, I do that then. So you quickly run over, pick up your sword, and then swing. Uh, 13. 13 is a hit. 6. So you go, you slap the zombie, and it just crumbles to the ground once more. These things don't seem to be very sturdy. It looks like they've been decomposing for a bit of time. So, Ronnie, this creature is in this room with you and is looking across, and it has half your daughter's face and half of its face, and it's smiling, and it just keeps repeating the same lines over and over again. Dad, is that you? Help me, my leg is stuck. I'm, I'm over here behind this armor as it starts lurching towards you. We're going to thunder wave it. All right, so it has to roll a reflex save. Uh, roll your damage. Six. So you clap your hands together 
and this wave of thunder shoots it. And the blast knocks it back a little bit, but it still has its footing. And you see there's a few slashes and rips on it as it looks down at this yellow blood leaking down and it looks back up at you. I'm just behind this pile of armor. Why do you have to be so useless? And it runs towards you. You see its swings go in and it once more tries to hit you in that spot. I need you to make a constitution saving throw for me. So once more you're okay and it's starting to click that you realize this creature isn't trying to kill you off very quickly. It's trying to knock you out. Mm. And now this creature is very close to you. It strangely enough has the same smell of perfume that your daughter was wearing when you first met her. It almost seems to have all these perfect little details that were picked from your memories as it's standing in front of you trying to assume more of her form, but it keeps reverting back to this monstrous face. You hear banging on the other side of the door as you can hear a muffled voice on the other side. Is there anything you say or do? Open up, go help me. I'm trying to get in. The door wasn't locked, it was just slammed shut, right? It's already unlocked. From what you saw. Was it locked? It's stuck! Hmm. And you can hear somebody rattling the doorknob and like trying to shake it back and forth. So you guys can actually hear Steve down the hall going, It's stuck! Trying to jimmy this doorknob. And it goes up to MZ. MZ, there's one last zombie in front of you. I'll try to kill it. 15? That's a hit. Uh, 10. So you just eviscerate this thing. From the head to down, you cut this thing open and it just flops to the ground as its insides spill out. And looking around this room now, you guys have a better view. You see that this room, it must have been some sort of commons that they relaxed and took their time in. So before we do anything, I'll just say, MZ, you look a little bit bruised. Do you need healing? I will, but not okay. yet. And. I'll run with everyone to the door. Okay. So everyone has their turn. I assume that that's what you're going to be doing for this round. Everyone goes to the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all of you rush to the door, and you see Steve is trying to rip it open. It's your turn to get there, and he's looking back at you guys. I heard a loud bang, but it's so muffled by this door. It's the weirdest thing. He's trying to get it open. All right, so it's you and this creepy half-daughter. Is it uh, human enough to use Charm Person on? You're not sure. From what you understand, it was once human, so it might work. All right, then maybe I'll just slash at it. Okay. Hey, natural 20. Natural 20. Roll me percentile dice. 21. Okay. So what we do in our game is when you critical there's actually a critical hit table. And when you miss, mm-hmm. there's actually a critical miss table. So you can get incredibly powerful critical hits, but at the same time, you can get incredibly powerful critical misses, which could harm your friends or anyone near you. So as you're going in for the slash, you actually find this weak point on it where it just kind of turns a little to the side and you see an opening and you dart forward with your dagger. And I need you to roll double damage. Nice. Ten. So you rush forward and you cut right into this beast and it howls out and it quickly backs away from you and you see it go invisible, but you still see a bit of blood dripping on the ground and then you hear sounds of it rushing out. But you don't hear it going towards the door. When you look up, you actually see it crawl into the ceiling and crawl into a hole. Okay. You guys suddenly hear this howl coming from the other side of the door 
and Steve finally kicks open the door, and you see Ronnie, a little disheveled, standing there with a bloody dagger. Ronnie, what happened? This room was empty. Is is this blood yours? Uh, no, the uh, invisible guy was here, and uh, I hit him, and he crawled into the ceiling. Wait, what? what? You you could see invisible things? The creature was with you? Is he still here? Uh, no, it crawled in the ceiling. I don't know where it went. Okay. As you guys all step into the room to look up into the ceiling, you all look up and see this perfectly circular hole. And Steve looks at it and looks back at you guys. I think we might be in trouble. Didn't expect that one, eh? A hole in the ceiling. I wonder how they'll fare, especially to the fact that they decided to bring a farmer on an adventure, and he does not e Never mind. Well, hopefully Steve will see this to the end with the rest of the adventures. Join me in two weeks' time, and we shall see how that peasant fares later in this cave. If you wish to hear more of my thoughts streaming upon the Nethersphere, follow me at Ballad7Dice on the Twitter, and leave us a review on the iTunes. It's been good seeing you, travelers, and I'll see you soon. I bid you adieu.